Organic waste produced in New York, like uneaten food or manure, doesn't have to be wasted, according to a report from Energy Vision, a nonprofit organization primarily focused on reducing methane emissions, like what's produced by organic waste. To address the problem, the organization is touting the importance of anaerobic digesters, which can capture and utilize the gas from decomposing organic waste and are already being utilized in limited fashion for some of the leftovers from large food generators in New York. For more on the potential of anaerobic digestion in New York, we're joined by Joanna Underwood, founder and trustee for Energy Vision. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Thank you. Glad to be here. So what happens now with the majority of the organic waste produced in New York? Sadly, it's mostly still going to landfill, although we have a policy that's supposed to reduce it dramatically by 85% by 2030. So it's going where it needs not to go anymore. And that organic material we know can be put to excellent use as a fuel feedstock. Well, for those of us who are not familiar, can you describe, maybe using chemistry 101 language, how an anaerobic digester actually works and how that could be a way of getting rid of our organic waste more efficiently? Yes, it's actually very simple. It's a anaerobic digester means it's an airless tank. And into the tank, you feed all kinds of organic waste or specialized. It could be food waste. It could be manures from agricultural operations, could be wastewater, sewage. And when that material is captured in the digesters, the methane gases, which are emitted as those wastes decompose, those methane gases are captured so they don't escape into the environment. And then the question is, what do you do with those methane gases? And this strategy is a double winner because you can then refine those gases into a fuel that's chemically just like fossil gas, but it involves no drilling. It's a much better fuel. So as I mentioned at the top, as a result of a state law, we have uh, some anaerobic digesters are required to be used by large food generators when they're within a certain distance of them. What does the landscape look like right now in terms of the utilization of this technology in New York? I mean, how prevalent are anaerobic digesters across the Empire State? There are about 200 digesters now. Most of them are on dairy farms. Um, and for the farmers, it's an essential way to capture the methane and create an income-producing product, which they very much need. But we need, we've estimated about 300 more in order to meet the goals that have been set for the United States and for the international community. Uh, we need those digesters because the goal we have to reach is cutting our methane emissions by at least 30% by 2030. That is the judgment of international science that have studied climate change over all these decades. They say, if we don't reach that goal, cutting methane specifically by 30% by 2030, we will have what's called runaway climate change and the prospects for the future will be much more bleak. Well, from an environmental perspective, why is the methane that might be emitted from, say, food waste in a landfill, 
worse than methane that's captured from an anaerobic digester and then essentially utilized as a, a fossil fuel and burned by a combustion engine, for example? Well, methane is known to be 84 to 87% more powerful as a climate warming element. And that's why the international community has put such a focus on slashing our methane emissions, that we need to meet that goal. The methane, once it's captured, could be used to generate electricity, or if it's refined, to be a fuel that could be valuable in replacing other fossil fuels. And the idea is what? That the net benefit from using the methane-produced fuel is slightly cleaner than other fossil fuels, like diesel, for example? Diesel is one of the dirtiest fossil fuels. And the methane is as clean burning as fossil gas, but because it doesn't involve drilling, methane that's generated in digesters is trapping methane that would be emitted to the environment if we did not trap it. If you leave organic waste on the ground, they're likely to emit this methane. From fossil gas, you're digging up new sources of carbon from underground and releasing it into the environment. So you're adding to the carbon burden on our planet. With methane from organic waste, you're capturing methane that would otherwise escape. So it is vital that we do everything possible to use less fossil gas and more renewable natural gas made from waste. One of the best uses of this methane is to replace diesel in heavy-duty buses and trucks. They really don't perform well at this point on electric battery technology for a number of reasons, but they perform beautifully with renewable natural gas. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Joanna Underwood, founder and trustee for Energy Vision, a nonprofit organization primarily focused on reducing methane emissions. So why would 300, say, new anaerobic digesters be preferable to an expansion of composting or or broader use of aerobic digestion processes more broadly, uh, which wouldn't produce methane at all? Well, composting is an excellent strategy, and you capture fertilizer, and that's important. But composting also involves some emissions of methane. The more it's aerated, the better it is. But the fact is that you lose some methane. The benefit of anaerobic digestion is that you capture 100% of the methane. And that's what we're aiming for. The 300 anaerobic digesters we talk about, 20 of those would be for food waste. And those 20, which would cost us about a billion dollars, those 20 would cut our emissions of methane about 11%. And you get another few percents from anaerobics, digesters at farms or in wastewater plants. Cutting methane emissions 15% gets us halfway to New York State's goal, which wants 40% greenhouse gas reduction by 2040, or 30%. So 
anaerobic digesters get you two products rather than one. Compost gets you compost. Anaerobic digesters get you clean energy from the gases that are extracted. And what's left in digesters is the biosolids, or they call it digestate. And that can be used as compost or soil amendments. So that's the difference. Anaerobic digesters also take up much less space than compost sites. So there are a number of benefits. My understanding, though, was uh, in the case of aerobic digestion, which utilizes uh, oxygen in the decomposition process, that the output is primarily water and carbon dioxide, and that any other output is tiny compared to, say, the methane that you might uh, produce and need to utilize in an aerobic digestion process? The amount of methane that's captured in digesters is much greater. But the amount of methane produced by an anaerobic digestive process is much more than in an aerobic digestive process, correct? No. So I understand that you're saying an anaerobic digestive system is a closed system and the methane is going to be utilized either to produce electricity or heat. But just as a, a general process, my understanding is that the output from aerobic digestion is primarily water and carbon dioxide. For aerobic digestion, the better it is, is carbon dioxide and water. Right. You want it to be escaping as methane. From an anaerobic digester, however the amount of leakage of methane is just over 3%. And the possible leakage of methane from either landfills or from compost sites can be as high as 30% or from landfills even 50%. The anaerobic digesters are simply the clear winners in terms of combating climate change. But both are needed. There are about 9 million people in New York City. So what are the challenges of getting their organic waste to anaerobic digesters? Oh, there are some real possibilities for New York City. One of them is having the wastewater plants in the city, of which there are 14, use the digesters they already have when they treat sewage for odor. Using those digesters to process not only the sewage, but to add city food waste to that sewage and process them together, which gets you more methane gas to capture. And what we calculated is if those wastewater facilities in New York City were to do that, and I know they're looking at it right now happily, they might be able to take 35% of the city's food waste and process it in the digesters they already operate or that they could upgrade. So this would be exciting. Uh, we also have a program now, happily, that's calling on composting and separating all of our food waste. And if that happens, yes, you may want to send some to compost sites, but you also open up the door for interest in digesters expanding. And after a quick break, we'll continue our discussion about the potential of anaerobic digestion in New York for fighting climate change and how it could capture methane emissions from organic waste like uneaten food or manure and turn it into natural gas fuel for electricity or heat. Our guest is Joanna Underwood 
founder of Energy Vision. And when we get back, we'll discuss policies she thinks New York should implement to spur the development of anaerobic digesters. And we'll also address the challenge of organic waste in New York City. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're continuing our discussion with Joanna Underwood, founder and trustee of Energy Vision, a nonprofit that just put out a report on putting New York's organic waste to work through the use of anaerobic digestion. So moving forward, what does the state need to do to incentivize the use of commercial anaerobic digesters? Well, there are two suggestions that we have in our report organic, putting organic waste in New York to work. Those two are policies that have been implemented on the West Coast in California, Oregon, and the state of Washington. And were they implemented in New York state, it would make a big difference. One of those is measuring your carbon emissions, as they call it, on a life cycle basis. In other words, if you're burning a fuel, you want to know in giving it priority how much methane it emits during its whole life cycle. That's life cycle accounting. What we don't do now is life cycle accounting. We only count the emissions that come out of fuels that are used in the state or come out of smokestacks. And the difference is important to understand. If you're burning fossil gas and you only count it at the tailpipe, It looks the same whether you're burning fossil or renewable gas. But if you look at the life cycle of that gas, if it's fossil gas, there are enormous implications from the drilling and the transporting of the product. If you are looking at it as renewable natural gas, you've got basically a net carbon winner. The other policy has to do with creating a clean fuel standard. California's clean fuel standard works briefly this way. Those who want to produce and sell into the California market a clean fuel can do so and get real credits. If they want to produce and sell into the market a more carbon-rich fuel, those producers have to pay money to the producers of the clean fuels. So not much government money is involved in it, but the large polluting fossil fuel generating companies are actually paying the clean companies to expand their practice. We need both life cycle accounting and a clean fuel standard in New York. And if we had those, it would make an enormous difference because anaerobic digesters can be built in two to five years. We can actually get to this 15% of meeting our goal by 2030, just with 300 new digesters. That's what's exciting to us. So do those two policy changes alone represent changes to New York's landscape that would prompt the development of 
more anaerobic digesters or would New York need to subsidize them with direct grants or provide other incentives to ensure that people were bringing organic waste uh, to these facilities in order to get private companies to, to build them? Well, what's exciting is there is a real private industry growing rapidly in this country of companies that make, operate, maintain anaerobic digesters. So they're eager, if they can make any money, to do it. In addition, building anaerobic digesters costs may be covered in part by the Inflation Reduction Act, the federal act, which has a priority on climate change projects, and one of them is anaerobic digesters. So that's those sources of funding could be the major sources if we had the policies to encourage them. So you don't envision then the state needing to open up its own pocketbooks to help fund these? The biggest thing the state can do is pass these policy changes. That's the biggest thing it can do. Then companies will see the potential of making money on their investment. Depending on how aggressive the governor and the state want to be, they might put in some funding for some small digesters in some parts of the state. This is a growing industry, and it doesn't need to be totally subsidized by state funding. New York currently has a food donation and recycling law that requires certain large food generators to send food that can't be donated to anaerobic digesters when they're within a certain proximity of them. Uh, But it only applies to generators that produce a certain amount of food, and, and when, like I said, they're nearby a certain anaerobic digester. What do you think about reducing those thresholds in order to ensure that more of their waste is sent to anaerobic digesters? And would that help spur on the marketplace? Yes, I think it's very important that we use the law that relates to compost and the policies as aggressively as we can. And while community compost sites only collect about 1% of the waste that's that's produced now. They have a great deal to do with educating citizens and communities about the importance of reducing their waste, of being part of the solution to the problem. So the combination of community, compost sites, composting, and anaerobic digestion is the way we hope to get to the goal. Well, finally, I want to come back to this idea of producing renewable natural gas as part of the anaerobic digestion process. And uh, renewable sounds great, but there's also that idea of natural gas. And you framed the conversation around this as a, a better alternative than some fossil fuels. But environmentalists in New York, at least the ones that have been winning in the policy debate since 2019, argue that this sort of bridge fuel to cleaner fuels away from fossil fuels is not necessary and that it's kind of a last gas by the big fossil fuel industry that doesn't want to let go of its grips on our culture and our fuel source. So what would you say to environmentalists who say we need to avoid sort of half measures like renewable natural gas, so to speak, and argue that we need to go straight to the cleaner fuel sources, whether it's solar, wind, hydro, etc.? There's been a strong push against the use of biofuels in New York State, and it's somewhat understandable because 
If you say the word natural gas, it means to many people fracking. It means drilling up gas. But the fact is, we don't see renewable natural gas as a step to somewhere else. We think it is critical to collect the methane that's being emitted above ground by organic waste. And if you're gonna collect it, you use it in the best way. It is, in our view, a sustainable fuel. Why? Because it does lots of things. It not only captures a greenhouse gas of enormous and immediate importance, but it keeps us away from putting more of this food waste in landfills. It takes about a third of the municipal waste is organics. So you're treating a waste problem as well as a greenhouse gas problem. And if you use that fuel to power diesel vehicles, you're getting a third huge benefit because you're reducing the carbon dioxide emitted by those vehicles. Renewable natural gas right now plays a role in three sectors that can't be electrified. One of them is in old homes that are too old and expensive to electrify. The second is heavy industries, which need that amount of power. And the third is in transportation. So these three sectors are uniquely equipped to use renewable natural gas. And it's a sustainable fuel. It's renewable. And the more people we have on this planet, the more organic waste we'll have. So we see it as a very important piece of the long-term solution. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Joanna Underwood. They're the founder and trustee of Energy Vision. Joanna, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.